Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where a company's new policy causes them to save a few bucks, but then waste thousands of dollars. Our next Reddit post is from Sadamaister. One day at work for my lunch break, I decided to run around the corner to McDonald's. The drive through was packed, so I decided to just go inside. There was a homeless guy out front who wasn't asking for money, but some food. I could tell that he was legitimately in a bad way, so I told him, yeah, no problem, man. Sit tight and I'll bring you a couple of McDoubles. I ordered two for me and two for him, and as I'm waiting for our order to be called, I noticed an employee had gone outside to pester him and tell him that he can't be there and he has to leave. I go out and explain that he was waiting for me and that I was going to bring him some food. The worker adamantly stated that he cannot stand out front because it's bothering some other customers. Well, I wasn't about to let them run him off because he's hungry and actually about to get some food. So, I decided instead of taking my food back to my office, I'd go ahead and eat in the restaurant with my new friend as company. Like, two minutes later our order was called, and while we ate we had a nice chat. He told me about why he's homeless and why he doesn't trust the shelters here, etc. After we finished eating, we both left the restaurant and we parted ways. I never saw him again, but he seemed like an alright guy. Our next Reddit post is from Tandy Angie. I work in accounting, and my assistant is out on this particular day, so I'm working on invoicing. While doing the invoicing, I came across a work order that has a higher expense amount than the invoice amount. Realizing that we'd be losing 100 bucks on the job instead of at least breaking even, I decided to question the project manager, Chad, about it. Hey, I noticed this job has an anomaly. Can you explain it to me? What are you talking about? See the expenses? They reach a higher amount than the amount that you want me to bill for. I want to see if that was a mistake or... No, it's right. If that's right, then we're going to lose money on this job. You won't get a commission and... I'm telling you it's right. Chad then rips the papers from my hand. See, we charge a 20% markup right here. He points to the wrong spot and has the audacity to look smug. See, it's fine. I calmly take the papers back and show him the two amounts side by side. I see that, but you didn't account for that over here for the billing amount. The total billing amount is less than that. Look, it's right, and I don't have time to explain it to you. Just do it and stop bothering me. No problem. Can you just initial here so when our boss asks me why this job is invoiced so low, I can... Sure, fine, whatever. He signs his name next to the billing amount. Now get out of my space. I go back to my office and invoice the too low amount. I sent it off, fully knowing that this was going to backfire, and kept all backups and copies handy for when it did. Next Monday, I have the boss in my office, and the invoice in question is in his hand. Hey, you did this invoice wrong. He shows me the invoice. Actually, if you look at the backup, Chad told me that was the invoice amount. I show him where Chad signed the document. I'll be right back. He left my office, and roughly an hour later, I get called into the boss's office. Chad is there, looking uncomfortable, and my boss is on the phone. He waved me inside and I sat down. Alright, we're here now. Now, OP, please explain this to me. I noticed that the expenses on this invoice were higher than the billing amount. Chad told me the numbers were fine and to just do the invoice. Hear that, Tex? Tex is the subcontractor we used on this job. Yup, so what are we gonna do? Only thing to do is fire them. They're either incompetent or cheating us. Either way, it's bad for business. I am now very concerned for my job, but I sit silently. I know I don't have the whole story yet. I reckon you're right. Good luck. And don't worry about the park job. I got an opening up tomorrow I can squeeze in. Thanks, Tex. 
My boss hangs up the phone and turns to Chad. Chad has gone from nervous to mad. It's not my fault she can't do her job. You signed your name right next to the wrong amount. Now, you're either working with someone in accounting over in Texas Company to steal from me, or you're too stupid to work here. Which is it? Chad stands, as does my boss. I stood as well, not liking being the only person sitting. Chad says nothing. You're fired. Get your computer and leave. My boss turns to me. Go ahead and fill out the paperwork for his leave. Make sure to add that he attempted to embezzle money. I nod and leave. Chad stays there. As soon as I leave, the office explodes in screaming. I stayed in my office doing the paperwork my boss asked me to fill out. I saw Chad leave later with his stuff thrown haphazardly into his bag. That was the last time that I saw Chad. A friend saw him working at a cash register at a buffet place about a month later. Turns out, both my boss and Tex had agreed to lower their markups for the job so the invoice number was still too high, not too low. But I didn't know that until after the fact when my boss had me redo the paperwork for the entire job. Someone from accounting in Texas company had altered the invoices sent to Chad, and they were planning on splitting the difference after we paid the altered bill. Alright, if you're going to commit a felony, <laughs> at least don't be a moron about it. Excuse me, sir. There's something really fishy going on with these invoices. Possibly something illegal. Would you be willing to sign this document to confirm that you're the one responsible for it? Of course I'll sign your silly document. Now get out of my office. And when this inevitably comes back to bite me in my butt, I'll be sure to get angry at you for this malicious compliance. And then down in the comments, we have a similar story from Shadowiest. I had a person get his whole department busted over 23 cents. I was auditing compliance with internal documentation policies. This guy put in a ticket that his paycheck was 23 cents short. Some bonehead just automatically reversed the direct deposit and reissued with the additional 23 cents. This was at the end of May. When I looked up his history, I saw over a thousand hours of overtime paid a time and a half so far for this year. Well, there's only 2,080 regular hours in a year. This would have meant that he was working over 80 hours every week. Their boss had left, and they hadn't been moved under a new boss. It turns out that this resulted in their timesheets auto-approving because the approval chain was broken. His group found the bug, and at first they just added a few hours a week. They ramped that up to over a hundred hours a week when they didn't get caught. They would have been able to continue if it wasn't for that 23 cents. We reversed as many direct deposits as we could, and this sent the whole mess to the fraud department. <laughs> So, let me clarify what's actually happening here. These people realized that they could basically build a company whatever they wanted and it would get automatically approved. So, these people were literally submitting double their timesheets. Instead of working 40 hours, they were saying they were working for 80 hours. So, at time and a half, that meant that they were getting paid 250% of their normal salary. So, if they normally made 100k a year, with this scam, they were making 250k a year. And then after embezzling on a massive scale, someone's paycheck was 23 cents short, so they reported it. Then that report got audited and the entire scam got discovered. And, and then they lost it all, over 23 cents. Our next Reddit post is from Rocky3E. I worked for a company that provides a utility truck, and one of the analytics they monitor is how long the truck stays in place with the motor on. The target number was something like 3%. I was consistently stuck in traffic because my area was changed to the downtown area of my city, and naturally my idle percent increased. 
My supervisor began constantly badgering me over the raise of my idle percent, about 10 to 12 percent higher now. After they decided to give me an official warning, I became the most efficient truck driver ever. I brought my idle percentage down to 0.00% by shutting the truck off at every stop sign, red light, bumper-to-bumper traffic, in drive throughs and instantly off when I got to where I was going. Now, remember that this is a utility truck that's charging my two phones, laptop, tablet, and my various other rechargeable batteries. Now, if you drain the truck's battery without running the motor, this causes the truck's battery to die a lot. The company rules forbade me from jumpstarting the truck myself, so I had to call the company and they sent out a tow truck to jumpstart it for me. I could do it myself anyway, and probably would have, but they were writing people up for stupid things. And every time I call this tow truck, it takes a minimum of two hours for it to show up. I began doing this multiple times a day, every day until they decided that my truck was broken. It goes to the shop, gets checked out, and they give it back. And I kill it again. They end up giving me an entirely new truck, and I start killing that too. I repeated this process until they gave me a third truck, and the manager calls me to ask what my daily routine is. I go through the basics and mention that I turn off the engine every time my truck stops. My manager goes, why the F are you doing this? I said, my supervisor wrote me up for my idle time being too high. This is completely ridiculous. He threw away my write-up, and I'm guessing he talked to my supervisor because I never heard a word about idle time again and I quit caring about it. Down in the comments, we have this post from Lizlo Dude. This month, we saved $3 in gas used while idling and spent $3,000 in towing and jumpstart fees. Great job, team. Our next Reddit post is from Lone Wolf Wee. My grandmother and mother were both extremely strict about them not being interrupted while they were on the phone. One year while visiting my grandmother, I decided to climb a large tree in her yard. I don't remember how high it was, but I was almost to the top. Now, me being 11, I of course climb onto a dead branch and it snaps. I fall, plummeting to the ground. As soon as I realize I'm alive, I notice I can't quite move my left arm. I tell my brother to go inside and tell our grandmother. Now, my brother has Asperger's and was two years younger than me. He goes into the house, sits down, and waits. I'm sure it was only a few minutes, but for me, it seemed like an eternity. Finally, my grandmother hangs up the phone and asks my brother what's the matter. That's when he told her that I fell out of the tree. At the hospital, somebody, the nurse or the doctor, I don't remember, asked me about the details. I told them that I was laying on the ground for a while, and when I was asked why, my brother, who was in the office with us, said that he had to wait until grandma got off her phone call to tell her. My grandmother had to explain to them what was going on. I do remember a social worker ushering them out of the room and asking some questions. After that, both my grandmother and mother explained to us that if it's an emergency, we need to tell them right away. Down in the comments, we have this story from Throwaway. I've mentioned this before. Teach your kids when it's okay to be loud and interrupt and scream before you wind up in situations like these. A little girl that I babysat was stuck in a plaything for who knows how long. She was always quiet and sweet, but one day it had been a little too long so I went looking for her. I found her stuck and crying. I asked her why she didn't tell me and she said that she didn't want to interrupt me. I told her that when she's hurt she's allowed to interrupt or even scream, but she didn't believe me. I told her even if she's just really scared and needs help then she can scream or be rude or interrupt. I could tell that she wasn't going to accept this from me so I had to talk with her dad when he picked her up. Please teach your kids that sometimes it's okay to yell, scream, or be rude, or not listen to adults. 
Our next Reddit post is from Geb Ploxy. I work at a place where many people are salary, but there are also people on a time clock. Most of the time clock employees have a factory worker kind of position, so that makes a lot of sense. Then there are mainly office workers like me who are on a punch clock due to our positions. Office workers on the time clock generally have their time checked by supervisors who don't really care about some overtime. Anyway, we used to have a pay service which also provided the time clock that would log the minute you used the machine. It could calculate your time based on the minute you punched in or out. I thought this was a pretty good idea and made sense to me. Then, this was no longer the case. Our company switched to a different payroll service that had a different time clock. This new service began to round my time to the nearest quarter hour. It took me a couple of paychecks to finally figure out what was happening. I saw that it clearly rounded to the nearest quarter hour, but I assumed at first that it was counting every minute in rounding. No, it was rounding up or down from the minute that you used the clock. I was annoyed by this at first. I was especially annoyed that there was another rule where the clock would always round up to the next quarter hour during the first clock in of the day. I saw no reason for the clock to round. It's a computer and the math is easy. Eventually, I realized that the new rules were made for the dozens of production workers. They have to begin working at and start being paid for a certain time, so they have to clock in a little early. They also take their lunches all around the same time, so the new clock-in rules make a lot of sense. For them. I work in the office and I don't have a strict schedule. If I wanted to blow through lunch and leave early, I'm allowed. I can take lunch at 11 or 12 or whenever. Nobody cares. I have work to do and I do it. I know that I'm very lucky to be in this situation, but my relationship with HR regarding this time clock started on the wrong foot. Cue malicious compliance. Knowing that it makes no difference to my pay if I clock in at 8.01 or 8.15, I'm running a little late in the morning. I'll just calm down and take an extra minute. For lunch, I'll usually now clock out at something like 12.08 and then clock back at like 12.51. That's 43 minutes to eat, but it only counts as 30 minutes as far as the time clock cares. Then when I leave, if I'm leaving at 5 for example, I'll clock out at 5.08, which counts as 5.15. I gently expressed my dissatisfaction with the rounding clock when I first learned about it, so I don't really feel on the hook for this. They can come and tell me outright if they want me to change these practices. I usually squeeze a little bit of overtime out every week because of this system. Our next Reddit post is from Dusty Bronco. When I was a kid, my dad could really be a dick sometimes. He broke rules all of his life, but he would swiftly and gleefully punish me if I didn't do exactly what he wanted without question. Well, one Christmas season we went out shopping for my mom and spent the whole day crawling the mall. When we got home, he told me that I would be wrapping the presents all by myself. I said, you're not going to help me? No, I paid for them. You can wrap them. I was 12 years old. Was I expected to buy presents? I knew better than to fight with him though, so I did exactly what he asked. And when it came time to sign the from line on each presence tag, I wrote my name and my name alone. After all, if he was here, he could sign it. Heck, if he checked the presents before Christmas, he could sign them. But, of course, he didn't. And when we unwrapped presents, my mom wondered out loud why every gift to her was from me. He got so mad and tried to make me feel bad about it. But when I explained it in front of both of them, he got quiet and stopped. From that point on, I had help wrapping each year. As a content creator, I think that people should be able to watch pretty much whatever content they want. So I find it incredibly frustrating when you pay to join a platform and then they block certain content on that platform. 
if you have a subscription to Netflix or Hulu, then there's certain content that you can't see because it's locked due to your location. That's why I use a VPN service like ExpressVPN to unlock all the content on my video streaming platforms. For example, if you're in the US and you wanna watch Rick and Morty, you can't watch it on Netflix. But if you have ExpressVPN and you set your location to the UK, you can watch Rick and Morty on Netflix. So like, why pay money for Netflix and not get access to the full library? And on top of that, ExpressVPN also protects your data, so it's kind of like a win-win situation. And best of all, you can get three free months of ExpressVPN by going to expressvpn.com slash r slash. That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.